Hello, this is Jeremy Gall. Thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. This is a message from a couple years ago. I was preaching for my friends Jim and Pam Dumont in Erie, Pennsylvania at Erie Christian Fellowship, and we always have a good time there. There was people healed and testimonies after the service, but what we want to do is something that God put on my heart. After this message, I want to pray with you, and right where you're at, we want to believe God to touch you right where you are. There is no distance in prayer. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think of a testimony in the Bible where a centurion comes to Jesus, his servant is at home sick, and he says, speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. And as he speaks the word, his servant is made whole at home. So we are going to speak words over you and speak the name of Jesus over you and believe that right where you are listening to this message, God will minister to you. So enjoy the message and stay tuned at the end. We're going to have some updates and we're going to pray with you. Amen. Praise God. Well, we are amazingly blessed this evening to have our good friends, uh, Jeremy and Jocelyn Gall, praise God. They're just, God's using them in a great way. And uh, they just happened to be in the neighborhood and, and they were driving by. And, <laughs> and so we said, well, why don't you come on over and be a blessing, praise God, to, uh, to ECF tonight. So we're just, we're thrilled that they're here and God's using them in a big way. They're doing things not only in, the, in this country, but also in, in Russia and so um, I'm not sure all that God's placed on his heart, but I know it's going to be good. Praise the Lord. So, amen. So without further ado, would you give a warm welcome to Reverend Jeremy Gall? Amen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Praise God. Good to see you all tonight. Let's pray tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for these precious people. I thank you that you brought us here safely. And Lord, I thank you for your goodness in our lives. I thank you, Father, for this church. I thank you for, for what you're doing here, Father. And I thank you for your awesome plan for each and every person here. Lord, cause that plan to go forward tonight. Speak to hearts. Uh, Lord, just lead and guide people. You said, Father, the good work that you began in us, you'd continue until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, make installments. Cause those plans to advance tonight. Lead and guide. Open up the eyes of people's understanding. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We thank you for it. Father, we give you all the glory. Uh, we expect good things tonight, Father, because you're here. We expect to leave different than the way that we came in. Uh, Father, we expect wonderful things, Lord, for there's always good things in your presence and in your plan, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Well, turn to somebody and say, God's got good things in store for you. Amen. I want to talk tonight a little bit. Thing that's on my heart is I want to talk about vision. How many know vision's important? Amen. And I'm going to talk about vision and then we're going to talk a lot about praying for the sick big surprise right so and, uh, and miracles so, right? i'm talking about marriage tonight but really i'm going to talk about miracles you know and, and praying for the sick you can tie it into anything it'll work stick with me it'll work you'll see let's turn to mark 16 starting in verse 15 mark chapter 16 and verse 15 uh, as you're turning there to mark 16 Jesus is alive. We've been seeing God do some good things, and uh, we just finished a campaign a couple weeks ago in, uh, in uh, Ashtabula. We did a, what we called the School of Miracle Evangelism, and then we did a miracle campaign. Had a team come up from Augusta, Georgia, a team of 15. They came up, 
and we took uh, w- witnessing teams out on the streets and prayed for the sick in the night services and on the streets. Uh, one of the teams went and knocked on a man's door in Ashtabula. He was living in a trailer. They knocked on his door. They get about halfway through their, their gospel presentation, and the guy slams the door in their face. I mean, just, you know, well, you know, it's raining and it's cold, and bam, they're like in mid-sentence, you know, slams the door. So they, they're abruptly rejected. They leave. Well, another team, not knowing that somebody had been there earlier in the day, goes to the same guy's door, knocks on the door, leads him to the Lord, gets him born again. Amen. He's in the service that night. He brings his niece. She gets born again. Uh, the arm of the Lord is not short that he cannot save. Amen. From rejecter to, to child of God in less than 24 hours. I think that's pretty good. Amen. Uh, you know, that there's no natural explanation for that. How many would agree? You can't attribute that to any anything natural for that kind of change to take place in somebody's heart. I don't know what happened between the first knock on the door and the second knock on the door, but God was dealing with that man. Amen. And God gave him a second chance and he was born again that very day. Amen. Also, there was a Steve Hetherington from uh, Stephen Hetherington right here from ECF was walking down Main Street on Ashtabula and he came across two witches uh, and he said, you know, he shared the gospel with them. And uh, they, they said, uh, well, we we worship creation. He said, well, you could serve the creator. And he led them both to the Lord. And then he told them how in the book of Acts, they burned all their magic books. And they said, we're going home and we're going to get rid of we're getting rid of all of our magic books and all of our uh, witchcraft books. Amen. So uh, the book of Acts still happens today, praise. God, and uh, it's still being written. But here, Mark uh, chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus talks about, this is the Great Commission, and Jesus talks about his vision for the church. Uh, Mark 16 and starting in verse 15, Jesus says this, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. How many are you blessed by that passage? Now, vision is important, isn't it? Well, don't you think it's important to have God's vision, though, for your life? Uh, it's not just, you know, well, you just do whatever you want to do. Sometimes people tell their, tell their children, you can be anything you want to be. Well, there's an element of truth to that, but there's also an untruth to that. You can, you can be anything you want to be, but you'll only be happy doing what God's called you to do. Amen. Uh, you want to be, how many want to be a square peg in a square hole? Isn't it frustrating to try to get the square peg into the round hole? Uh, isn't it better to, you know, God created us all for a purpose. He has a place for us. Amen. It's good to have God's vision. We could tell, well, you can just do anything. Just dream big. Well, you know, why don't you just save some time and do have God's vision? You'll be happier that way. Amen. Follow his plan for your life. Do what he wants you to do. You won't miss out on anything. Uh, you'll be happier than you could ever imagine being. It's good to serve God. How many of you have found that to be true? It's good to walk in his plan and his purpose. I heard a Christian say not long ago, uh, she said, well, you know, I'm a Christian. She said, I'm a Christian, but we're Christians who like to have fun. And they use that as, she used that as an excuse for, you know, a carnal lifestyle and kind of a lifestyle without purpose and a lifestyle just just not living any different than the world. I don't know about you, but the most fun that I've ever had has been serving God. Amen. Uh, and I'm as honest as I know how to be. Uh, there's nothing that this world has to offer that's more fun than what, fun. I mean, just fun, not just escaping hell, but fun. Amen. That's more fun 
than serving God. How many have found that to be true? I like to say it this way. If you took sin and took away all consequence of sin, you said you can sin all you want and there won't be any consequence, I've still found something better. Amen? I've still found something better. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. It's good to serve God. There's nothing more exciting than walking with the living God who created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. Amen? Hearing his voice, having him reveal secrets to you, leading and guiding you in your life, working his miracles in your midst, pouring out his love and peace in your heart. This world doesn't have anything better to offer than walking with God. Amen? The best existence that a human being could ever have is walking with God, being filled with his spirit, doing his will, walking in his plan and purpose for his life. Nothing else can compare. Everything else the world has pales in comparison to walking with God. So say, I want to have God's vision for my life. And here Jesus in Mark 16, Jesus shares his vision for the church. What he wants the church to look like. What he, what he died for the church to be. What he, what his idea of the believer's life looks like. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. And let's look at him again. He, uh, he has been baptized, uh, shall be saved, but he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Aren't you glad that we have authority over the devil? Uh, there is a devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's important for people to realize that there is a devil because too many people blame everything that happens on God. Have you found that? Everything that happens, it's God's fault. No, you know, I've heard people, people have turned away from God because of horrible things that have happened in the earth. And they said, how can God do a horrible thing like that? God didn't do it. There is a devil that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, I was praying with my son, Cohen. He And I just was praying with actually Eden and Cohen and I. We were all praying together before bedtime. And I said, why don't you guys just pray whatever on your heart? Cohen says, let's give no place to the devil. I said, yeah, I like that one. Amen. <laughs> I like that one. Did you know the Bible says give no place to the devil? <laughs> that means he doesn't have any place that we don't give him. Uh, he, <laughs> if he does if we don't give him a place, he doesn't have a place. Say, I'm giving no place to the devil. Everybody say, no place. This Bible says that a sign that will follow believers will be in my name. They will cast out demons. Thank God we'll not be cast out by them, but we'll cast them out. Praise God. We're not under their feet, but they're under our feet. He's given us authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt us. You know, some people, they talk about, I went into this place and I felt the oppression of the devil. And I went into this town and I felt the oppression of the devil. Brother and sister, you shouldn't be feeling the oppression of the devil he should be feeling your oppression amen praise God when Jesus went into the midst of the demons they cried out and they said have you come to torment us before the time they did Jesus didn't feel their oppression they felt his oppression everybody else that came to town they beat up the Bible says they said nobody could go that way Jesus came to town and they're falling on their knees begging for mercy they're feeling the pressure praise God how many know you ought not feel pressure from the enemy he ought to feel pressure from you bible says these signs will follow those who believe in my name they'll cast out devils 
It also says they will speak with new tongues. How many are glad for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to pray out mysteries, uh, that we have the evidence, the evidence of speaking in tongues, the evidence that God dwells inside of us, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's inside of you and me. How many are glad about that tonight? Bible says Jesus, that's Jesus' vision for the church, Jesus' vision for every belief. Let's read on. We could talk about that all night. That's a good, thank God for tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Divine protection. Anybody here tonight thankful for divine protection? So these signs, thank God for divine protection. They will pick up serpents, and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. Boy, I've stood on that more than once. They will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt. You know, we've got, the, we got a letter in Ashtabula. We got a letter in the mail, you know, uh, last year. It said, oh, they found something in city water. You don't have to boil it, but you know, there's this and that in city water. Man, I wrote this on, a, on an index card. I put it right up on my, frigor- on my refrigerator. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt for you. You always hear how bad different foods are. Or maybe something you've been eating your whole life. And all of a sudden they come out and say, that's bad for you. You know, don't cook in aluminum. Don't, you know, don't drive past the McDonald's. You know, <laughs> don't, whatever. It's always something, isn't it? Aren't you glad for Mark 16? Amen. They shall drink deadly poison. They're not talking about something that's mildly bad for you. Deadly poison. Everybody say deadly poison. They shall drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. That is a sign that follows believers. I don't know about you, but I'm not healthy by what I do. I'm not healthy by what I eat. I am healthy by the stripes on Jesus' back. Thank God that that promise is true. If you abused your body for the past seven decades, tonight the promise to you is by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. Sure, we should make good choices. But is there a message of gospel for the, is there a message of gospel of healing for the person that made nothing but bad choices? Is the Bible true for them? Is the healing power of God, are the promises of God true for the person that smoked their whole life? Is it true that they could have life and life more abundantly? All I'm saying is this, is the power flowing from the resurrection of Jesus Christ greater than the curse that is on this earth? I believe that it is. It says in these signs will follow those who believe. They will pick up serpents and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. And lastly, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is the Jesus' vision for every believer. Everybody say every believer. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, no matter what you're going to do in ministry, and everybody has a ministry. We're all the body of Christ, the message of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation has been given to the whole body of Christ. And we all have a ministry. Everybody say, I have a ministry. We all have a ministry. And no matter what you do, if you're going to be in full-time pulpit ministry, if you're going to be an accountant and just serve God, and if you're going to be an usher, if you're going to be a street evangelist and go out there and witness, whatever you're going to do, you're going to lead worship, whatever you're going to do, this is going to be part of your ministry. Are you hearing me tonight? Because Jesus says this is a sign that will follow believers. This is a sign that will follow believers. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. In other words, believers will lay hands on the sick with miraculous results. This is Jesus' vision for the church. Everybody say it's Jesus' vision. He had a vision for you. So your vision needs to, for your life, your vision for the future, what tomorrow holds, what you're going to do in the days to come, has to include this vision that Jesus has for a believer. 
Because this is his vision for every believer. No matter what you add on to it, no matter what other specifics God may lead you in, you can be sure that this is part of the, of the ingredients. This is part of the recipe. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Everybody say, that means me. How many believers do we have here tonight? Raise your hand. Amen. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So I was teaching this, you know, just uh, last month in, in Ashtabula, and we, did, we were teaching School of Miracle Evangelism. Uh, a girl came from Elyria, Ohio, by the name of Leah. <clears throat> she drove two hours. She came in for several services. She came in, and she said something just clicked. She said, I always thought that it was just the anointed healers, she said, quote, the, the specially anointed healers that God used in miracles and God used to heal the sick. I'm glad for specially anointed healers. Amen. God calls people. He gives people gifts and callings. Thank God. I know there's some working in my life. And God calls people. And, and he specially appears to people. You know, Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen. Dad, hey, Kenneth E. Hagen appeared to him. And uh, he had a visitation and gave him a gift of healing in this in this encounter moment of seeing having a, a visible manifestation of Jesus. Isn't that a blessing? Uh, that is a truth. And uh, there are gifts of healing. But at the same time, there is another truth that says believers will lay hands on their on the sick and they'll recover and that's every belief and these two exist together the truth of one doesn't make the other un- and the, the 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 two can exist together yes there's people that are specially called yes there's people that jesus appeared to yes there's people that have these encounters but at the same time there's the living word of god and it's true amen and jesus said signs will follow every believer every believer had his vision for the believers for them to lay hands on the sick and see them recover so this girl she said i've always you know, the Bible doesn't say evangelists will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say pastors will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say teachers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say apostles will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Look at it in context. It's saying anybody who accepts Jesus and is baptized, they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So she said, I always thought it was something more. And I could relate. I always thought it was something more. Maybe people didn't say it. I always thought that you had to have some kind of visitation growing up, you know, uh, when I was younger. I always thought that it was, you know, that God had to come into your bedroom, man, and, and had to wake you up in your sleep. Or you had to, you know, there, there had to be, you know, the night would turn into day and angels would be singing and, you know, a granite stone and son, I've chosen you. I always thought there had to be something like that uh, in order. In order for you to lay hands on the sick, in order for you to see the sick recover. I always thought it had to be something like that. Yet Jesus said believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. She said, I always thought that, you know, it was these specially chosen people, specially anointed people. She said, but you just said believers will lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. And she said, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, just do it. Like during this session, she's just do it. And then after the service, I, I ha- we took some time and prayed with her and prayed for several people in the service. And I just kept on saying, by the Spirit, just do it, just do it, just do it. You know, it was confirmation to her. So she left those classes. She goes back to her church in Elyria, Ohio, four, little four-square church in Elyria, Ohio. And uh, she leaves a Wednesday night service just like this. She has a friend that's limping, limp to the surface, uh, service, hurt herself in some way, limping out to her car. She says, I can do something about that. Praise for her in the name of Jesus. She's instantly healed, full movement, restored. Amen. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because the Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick. And they'll recover. Uh, she's not a full-time minister. She's a stay-at-home mom. She just came and her just was, decided to believe that the word of God was true. She's a believer. But how many know a believer lays hands on the sick with miraculous results following? Amen?
Praise God. Everybody say, signs follow me. The Bible says signs will accompany those who believe. Jesus had a vision that every person that called on his name would have a signs and wonders ministry. A ministry of visible demonstrations of God's power. This is Jesus' vision. Now some people will say, well, you know, some ministers will say, I've heard people try to get out of this by saying, well, God's not leading me that way. God's not leading me to minister that way. A red flag should go up if somebody says that. God's not leading me to minister that way. He's leading me to minister another way. You know, people think that that's just the the get out of jail free card. God told me. They think they could, con- you know, they could contradict all of the written word of God and just say God told me. It takes you off guard for a second though, doesn't it? Somebody says, well, God told me. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. You got to stop for a minute, don't you? Well, God's not leading me to minister that way. He's leading me to do this. He's leading me to do that. Well, right away, a red flag should go up and you shouldn't give that person a place of leadership in your life because their compass is off. Because I don't know, they're either sincerely wrong and hearing the wrong voice or, you know, something's off. Well, God's not leading that me that way. Well, my first question is then who is leading you that way? <laughs> You know, God's not leading you that way. Well, God's only going to lead you in line with his word. Isn't that right? So exactly what is leading you? It's either your flesh or the devil or just, um, you know, bad pizza or something. And if that's what's leading you, I don't need you leading me. Are you hearing me tonight? We want to let the word of God be our guide. Word of God says signs will follow believers. Say signs follow me. Let's turn to John fourteen twelve. Is this helping anybody? Now. This was on my heart tonight, and you know, the thing about Jesus is that he had so much compassion for the herd of balloon, a balloon filled with water. It's looking for an opportunity to get out, and any opportunity it's given, it's going to take it. You poke a hole in that balloon, it's going to take the opportunity. That's what the power of God is like. It's look, he's looking for the opportunity. In fact, the Bible tells us so. It says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself mightily on behalf of those hearts, of those whose hearts are loyal toward. Bible tells us he's looking for the opportunity. Some people have the idea he's looking not to help people. He's looking not to move. Bible tells us he's looking to help people. And if we give him the opportunity, he'll take it. He loves people so much. And I saw this, you know, I started to realize I'd hear great testimonies of healing, great testimonies of people being helped. And in my ministry, I just realized, you know what? God loves the people that I minister to as much as the people that that person ministered to, whoever it was, that place, that point in time. And you know what? God loves your friends as much as anybody that he's ever helped, as much as the woman with the issue of blood, as much as blind Bartimaeus, the people at your work. God loves those people. He's looking for a way into their life. He's looking for a way to help them. He's looking for a way to heal them. He's looking for a way to set them free. He's looking for a way to destroy the devil's works in their life. And if you give him away, I tell you tonight, he will take it. If you give him a door, if you say, I'll be that hole in the balloon, I'll be that opportunity, he will take it and you will find his power flowing through your life into the lives of others, blessing them and setting them free. John fourteen twelve. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. 
Now, I was reading one day back when I was in college, and I was reading, and I came across this scripture. And here is Jesus saying, you know, Jesus, red letter. How I many you got red letter editions? There's Jesus talking. Jesus Christ is saying, if you believe in me, the works that I do, would you do also? And if you read, in, if you read it in context, he's not talking about carpentry. Amen. Uh, he's talking about miracles. Isn't that right? If you believe in me, the works that I do, would you do also? And I'd always, like I said, I'd always heard something different. I'd always thought that it took something more. And now listen to this tonight. This will help you. Paul said in Romans 12, it's a whole other sermon, but Paul said, do not be conformed to the course of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you'll find that whenever there's some promise of God that contradicts the course of this world, and, and you know, all the promises of God do, but the more it contradicts the course of this world, the more unbelief you'll find surrounding that promise. And the more false doctrine you'll have that, the traditions of man and false doctrine that say it's not for today or you can't have it, the more it contradicts the course of this world. That's why Paul said, do not be conformed to the course of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This, this world is on a death course. There's a curse on this world. Sin, sickness, suffering, dying. And whenever God comes in, you know, he says, has these promises that are just the exact, I mean, go crosswise with everything of this world that, you know, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Well, that just doesn't happen in the natural course of things. So people try to, you know, it's not for today because the pressure of this world, this world has pressure, doesn't it? You know, Peter's out there. He's walking on the water. Uh, Jesus says, come. Peter acts on the word of God. He steps out on the water. He's walking on the water. He's taking steps on the water. I mean, that's impressive. How many would agree? Uh, that's that's got to be one of the chief manifestations that Peter's seen in his life. You know, he's out there walking on the water. Had to be exciting. All of a sudden, it says that he begins to look at the wind and the waves, and he begins to sink. Isn't that what the Bible says? And you could see the pressure of the world there, that this world system is trying. You could just almost hear the voice of it in his mind. You know, you can't walk on water. Nobody's ever walked on water. And this battle's going on. And this world is trying to put him back in its mold and it's trying to cause him to conform like Paul said trying to bring him back trying to get him to go back into the boat it's a battle isn't it it's a battle but thank God Jesus said that he's overcome the world amen Jesus said this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith thank God we don't just have authority over the devil we don't just have authority over the flesh but we can overcome even the course of this world but hallelujah by the power of God that you'll find it. Man, study it out. Just look. Anytime you find something, the more contrary it is to the natural course of this world, the more you'll find false doctrine and tradition that says it's not for us or it's not for you or it's not for today. Sure, it's fine. Yeah, sure. Everybody believes in the new birth. You know, a lot of Christians, they believe in the new birth. Not everybody, but, you know, every Christian does. But, you know, a lot of professing Christians believe, yeah, the new birth. You could be born again. Thank God. I mean, it's the greatest miracle that could ever happen to a person. Uh, thank, it's the foundation of everything that we can be made a new creature, not just a forgiven sinner, not just have our sins forgiven, but we old things could pass away. All things could become new. God can give us a new nature that is so clean that he can come and live inside of us. Amen. That we can be as holy as the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus, where even those old priests couldn't go uh, for fear. And they had to have the rope tied around their ankle in case they just weren't right and everything wasn't right, that they'd be dragged out. Now, by the blood of Jesus, you're so holy that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside of you. Amen. And you, inside of you is the holy of holies. 
Thank God that's what the blood of Jesus did for you. He didn't just forgive your sins. He did something greater than that. They kind of had a way of dealing with the sin problem in the Old Testament. You know, they could they could kind of get some things taken care of. But it was the nature problem that was solved at Calvary and with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So thank God for that. So, you know, thank God for the new birth. It's a, it's a, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's the it's the center of all existence for humanity is the new birth, being born again. And I'll tell you why so many people when they accept it so freely, when you say if anybody comes down here uh and you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved because mo- most of what happens happens in the unseen realm. And it's no real challenge to human reasoning, and it's no real challenge to the course of this world. We accept by faith and by the word of God what happens in a person when they're born again. Now, as time goes, fruit will prove it to be true, and you'll see the fruit of it, because it's real. Everybody say it's real. It's not make-believe, we didn't make it up, it's real. You really are made a new creature when you call on the name of Jesus. But, you know, as far as somebody coming forward, it happens in the unseen realm. You don't see that person become a new creature with your physical eyes. But somebody comes up and we say, okay, we're going to have miracles here tonight. And people are going to be healed here tonight. Well, boy, the flesh starts to get uncomfortable with that. Isn't that right? Because now you have to see something. Now something has to happen. And it's going to, it's going to challenge your reasoning. You know, Jesus said it this way. He described this, uh, this dialogue that I'm talking about this way very well when uh, there was a paralyzed man. And he had four friends. And they went to Jesus to get prayed for. They went to the house where Jesus was. They couldn't get in, so they go up and tear off the roof. One of my favorite stories, because the boldness and the audacity of these people, if you really break it down, you know, they tear off some guy's roof. And, you know, it might have been 2,000 years ago, but somebody paid for that roof, you know. Somebody somebody was counting on that roof to keep the rain out, to keep the sun out, to keep animals out. And this guy just says, forget it, man, I'm getting my miracles. <laughs> tear it off, lower him down. you got to respect that. Jesus commends him for it. You know, he didn't say, hey, what in the world are you doing? He said, no, you're blessed, man. That's my kind of person. You, know? you got to love it. So yeah, I'm sure it was all made right somewhere in there. You know, <laughs> so the man was blessed for, for whoever that man's house was. God had a plan for his roof. But that's not the moral of my story here. The point I wanted to bring up is he lowers the man down through the roof. The first thing that Jesus says is, son, your sins are forgiven you. He's, the Bible says he sees his faith. Did you know you could see faith? The uh, Bible says he, could, he saw his faith. Saw his faith. And then he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the Pharisees and teachers of the law that were in that room, uh, they thought to themselves, they didn't even say it, but they thought to themselves, who is this man that says he could forgive sins? Nobody could forgive sins but God alone. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, knows their thought. And he says, you know, why do you reason these things in your heart? And this is what Jesus said. He says, which is easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take up your bed and walk? So Jesus is showing that you could say anything without, you know, you could just say stuff. And it's easy to say something, but it's not as easy to say, take up your bed and walk, because now something has to happen. And Jesus points out the difference here, and he exploits it. He uses the difference to make the point that what he says is true. Amen. Uh, We need to learn to do the same thing, to use that to make our point, to say, hey, we're not just talking words here. Look at the evidence. Look at what is happening in our midst. Uh, You need to use that when you share the gospel with your friends. Don't just come to them and just give them just doctrine. Yes, they need to hear the gospel they need to hear the good news amen they need to hear it how can they believe unless they hear how can they hear unless someone is sent they need to hear the word but there's signs that accompany the word now what kind of sign can you always bring on the scene
mean when you share the gospel? Your testimony, what God has done for you. You could say, yeah, this is what the Bible says, and I know it's true because this is what Jesus has done for me. The doctor said this. My bank book said this. This is the condition I was in. This is the road that I was going down. But let me tell you where I am today because of what Jesus did in my life. It's easy to say things. Jesus said so. It's easy to say your sins are forgiven. But it's not as easy to say take up your bed and walk. But we can say that too. Amen. But you'll find that the more that a promise of God contradicts the natural course of this world, the less people embrace it. The more it contradicts the course of this world, the less people, the less number of people embrace it. And the more people you'll find reject it. And they'll make up doctrines to make themselves more comfortable in the position. And they'll, traditions. And then they'll hold to those traditions stronger than the word of God. It's always been that way. You know, Jesus, you know, whenever he would really contradict the course of this world, he walks into a funeral and he says, the girl's not dead, but she's sleeping. What's the Bible say? They ridiculed him. Because he contradicted the course of the world. They said, well, no, she's dead. That's what the world says. That's what their experience said. That's what their thinking said. Jesus came in there. He contradicted that. They ridiculed him. David came up with the same thing when, when he said, I'm, I'll, let no man's heart fail because of him. I'll take care of this giant. Uh, the armies, are, they, they, they despised him because he said it. The Israelites didn't like that he said it. The bad guys didn't like it. The good guys didn't like it. Because he was acting outside of the course of this world. See, in the world, a little boy doesn't beat a giant and he had the audacity to act on something that wasn't the law in the course of this world contradicted the world and the world got mad at him because he was doing that they said who do you think you are you can't just go out there but see the whole time david's faith wasn't in himself and in his own ability but his faith was in god he said that the world may know that there's a god in israel amen the bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover and it's only the course of this world. You got two things. The course of this world says, well, not everybody could lay hands on sick, on the sick and expect miraculous results. But the Bible says you can. Just do it. Start giving God some opportunity. Give him an opportunity. You know, There's a pastor's wife. She's come here a few times. Uh, she's actually now our office manager, praise God, our volunteer office manager. She comes in once a week. But she used to pastor a church, her and her husband. In Conneaut, Ohio, about halfway between Ashtabula and here, pastored a little four-square church. They invited us over for dinner one time, and it was, uh, they wanted to have us come in and speak, but they wanted to get to know us a little bit, so we went to their house for dinner. And she grills me on healing. She's just like, you know, well, I want to ask you a few things about healing, you know. And just, man, all the classics and just, I mean, I felt like I was getting sweat out under the lights. Why don't, why don't it, why doesn't everybody get it? And why did this happen? And what about Aunt Susie? And what about this book? And what about, you know, so this said that. And, you know, <laughs> just everything. Pulling out, what about when this happens and that happens? And I'm answering her the best I can with the word of God, you know, just saying, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. And at some point in time in this conversation, I didn't even remember saying it but at some point in time in this interrogation really it wasn't so much a conversation at some point in time of this interrogation i said you know anybody could do it just based on this passage here john 14 12 believers jesus said whoever believes in me the works that i do would they do also i said anybody could do it i didn't even remember saying it just i just mentioned it casually you know in the conversation but man the holy spirit just you know she grabbed onto that well the first thing she had some serious back pain 
Uh, she had pinched nerves from doing exercises when she was pregnant with her uh, son. And the, the, she, he was in, you know, breach, and they said, gave her some exercises to do. She did these exercises, messed up her back bad, where she couldn't even sleep at night. Uh, she, you know, some days she said her only goal was to not move, because any movement would cause pain, you know. Uh, have you ever had a part of your body that was like that, and your only goal was to just, you know, just keep everything away from it? That was her bat. She just, you know, her goal for the day would be just hold still, don't move, because any movement causes pain. So that would happen sometimes. She had to come home from pastor's conferences because she was in so much pain. Really bad. For a year, she was in severe back pain, immobilizing. I must have made a good case about healing with the word and God's help because at the end of this you know, hour, hour and a half discussion, she said, well, would you pray for my back? And we said, sure, you know. So we prayed for her back in her living room. She said, I felt fire go up and down my back. And after we prayed for her, we said, well, thank God. Just thank the Lord and went on our way. Well, a month later, she contacts us and says, come over again for dinner. We come back for dinner. She says that night, you know, instantly my back was healed. I slept that night or she didn't sleep that night, but she said, uh, my back was healed. And she said, I used to be up because of pain, but now I'm up at night looking in the word and thinking, what else did I miss? Amen. So she's not, so she says, I still don't sleep, but I'm up at night studying the word. So her back was instantly healed. But then she said she had two thoughts, you know, thank God for that. But she had two thoughts. She said, what else am I missing out on? She said, I missed that. What else am I missing out on? Well, herself and two of her sons were lactose intolerant, unable to, you know, have any milk products. They had to buy the soy milk. They had to do all the, all the special things with that. She believes God for herself, lays hands on her two sons, all three of them instantly healed. Amen. One of her other sons suffering severely with ADHD, prays for him. Teachers instantly. There's a difference. Something's going on here. Something's different. Uh, and all that because we just said you could do it. She starts praying for people at her church. Now, why is this true? Because God, A, because God lives inside of us. Two, because like I said, it's like the water balloon. God is looking for an opportunity. God's looking for an opportunity to bless humanity, to help humanity. And if you give him the open door, if you step in there with your authority, if you use your hands, he will take that opportunity. Now, somebody says, well, you know, Jesus did what he did because he had the anointing without measure. Uh, how can we expect that we can do what Jesus did, the works that Jesus did? Yes, Jesus did have the anointing without measure, but there's a wonderful promise here, and we'll close with this tonight. Uh, in John 14, 12, again, I just want to read it. He says, um, uh, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Well, how do we have the works of Jesus in the life of every believer? Because everywhere a believer goes and uses his name, there Jesus is himself, with the anointing without measure, to back up his name. You know, Brother Hagin used to say it this way. He said, faith in the name of Jesus will always produce the same results as the gifts of the Spirit. And that's basically what it's saying. Is this right here? Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. I love what Peter says when in Acts chapter 9, and he's at the bedside of Aeneas, he's sick, and Peter comes and he ministers to him, but his wording is perfect. He said, I love what he says. He says, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Jesus Christ makes you whole. He didn't say it's my apostolic anointing. He didn't say it's because I spent three years with Jesus. He didn't say, no, he said Jesus Christ makes you whole. He took himself out of the picture. Jesus had already ascended to the right hand of God. But Peter was there when Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name that I will do. And Peter believed him. And when he ministered to that man, he said, Jesus is here now to make you well. 
And he's there wherever you go. Isn't that right? Didn't he say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? We had those little bracelets a while ago, you know, bumper stickers, bracelets, barbecue aprons, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Isn't that right? Put it on everything. It's a good question, though. You know, the sad part was too many people reduced it to just, you know, not smoking, not chewing. We don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't go with girls who do, you know. They just reduced it to that. I was listening to, <laughs> I was listening to a radio show one night, driving through the South somewhere and this guy is saying oh you know i just really want to be a good witness at work and i'm having a hard time and i want to be a good witness and this preacher says you know who's out or whoever this radio minister says well just ask yourself the question what would jesus do uh you know would he wouldn't swear he wouldn't you know cheat on his taxes he wouldn't whatever you know he wouldn't kick the dog he wouldn't yeah well thank god you know jesus would jesus is moral amen thank god for it he was more than moral he was without sin but you know the multitudes didn't follow Follow Jesus just because he didn't lie. Are you hearing me tonight? The woman with the issue of blood didn't break Levitical law and drag herself through a crowd at the risk of being stoned because Jesus was a nice guy who didn't tell lies. So if you're going to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? You better give the right answer. I'll tell you what Jesus would do. He'd heal every blind person. He'd open every deaf ear. He'd cause every lame leg to walk. He'd destroy every work of the devil. That's all he did anywhere, everywhere he went. So what would Jesus do when you bring him somewhere? What's Jesus going to do in your workplace? What's he going to do at your family reunion? What's he going to do on your bowling league night? He'll do what he's always done. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. (laughs) Give him glory tonight. Praise his name. Go ahead and worship God. Praise God. Let's make a confession. Say, I believe in Jesus. The works that he did. I do also. I command in his name, and he does it. He promised me, whatever I ask in his name, that he would do. I believe it. I act on it. And I have testimonies to prove it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Now, if you're here tonight, how many here? So this is the time in the service where we started to minister to people right in their seats. So what I want to do is I want to minister to you right where you are, whatever you're doing. And I'm going to take authority, as the word tells us, in Jesus' name. As we talked about in this message, John 14, 12, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So we are going to command some things in the name of Jesus right now over you. And he is here to do what he said he would do. So right now, whatever it is that you need, I'm going to take authority in Jesus' name over sickness and disease. And Jesus said, as we talked about in the message, whatever you command in my name, that I'll do. So right now, I'll pray here. You release your faith, and Jesus is there to touch you and heal you just like he did in the Bible, just like he did in the Gospels 2,000 years ago. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And immediately after we pray, I want you to do two things. First, Jesus always gave people something to do. To the man with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand. To the man with who couldn't walk, he said, take up your bed and walk. And he would always give people commands to act their 
their faith. So right after we pray, I want you to do something. If it was lung trouble, I want you to take a deep breath in Jesus' name. Do whatever it is. Act your faith in some way. And then immediately after that, let's just thank God together and thank him. Thank him for the answer. Thank him for his faithfulness to the word and thank him for healing your body and doing what he said he would do. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this outreach, this opportunity to touch people's lives. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for those who are listening today. And Father, I thank you for the authority of the name of Jesus. I thank you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, I thank you today there is no distance in prayer. Just as we saw Jesus as he spoke the word only, the centurion's servant was healed at home. And as we've seen, Father, you do many times in our ministry before as we've prayed for people in services, testimonies came in the next day that we heard of people sitting at home, sitting, Father, in in their living rooms and touched by your power. So we do that today, Father. And as these people are listening, I take authority in the name of Jesus over every kind of sickness and over every kind of disease. Particularly, Father, I speak to lungs and I command lungs to breathe. I command lungs to be clear in the name of Jesus. I command every kind of sickness and disease to go. We take authority over you, devil, in the name that's above every other name named. We take authority over you, devil, in Jesus' name. I command you to loose these people. I command you to take your hands off of them. And we say on the authority of the name of Jesus, be healed and be whole. And right now, just take a deep breath. Act your faith. Do what you couldn't do. If it was a shoulder, move that shoulder in the name of Jesus. If it was an ankle, move that ankle. Act your faith in some way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be whole. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, lungs breathe in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And now let's just thank God together for the answer. Father, I thank you. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. I thank you, Jesus, that you took our sickness, carried our pain so we wouldn't have to. We thank you that healing belongs to us today. We thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, listen, we want you to let us know what God's done for you today. Share your testimony with us. Uh, There's a few good ways to stay connected. Uh, Talk to us on Facebook. We have a Jeremy Gall Ministries Facebook page. Now, we also have a group but we are going to be shutting down the group and moving to the page. It's, it's just more efficient. So look at the Jeremy Gall Ministries page. Like us there, and we keep posted on meetings. We post our podcasts on there. You could also find this podcast on, on iTunes, and you could subscribe to it. We, we keep our meetings posted on our Facebook page, where we're going to be, testimonies, what's been going on. This Sunday, February 24th, I'm going to be with my good friend Bill Young at Mount Garrison in Erie, Pennsylvania. Come, we'd love to see you. And we will, so we've got that meeting posted on Facebook, the address and all the information that you need. Service starts at 1030. We keep all our meetings posted there. So if you just look and if something comes up in your area, we'd love to have you with us. If you, if this message blessed you, if this podcast was a blessing to you, post it, share it on Facebook, email it to somebody. Uh, We just love to have your help getting the word out. We believe that the good news that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever is worth sharing. We believe that people need to know that he's still is a miracle worker today. Still, nothing is impossible for him. He still can help people when this world has no answer. He still is the God of no impossibility. So we could use your help in getting the word out, sharing these testimonies, sharing these messages. Like it, share it on Facebook, subscribe to it, listen to it, email it to people, burn a CD of it, give it out to all your friends, whatever it takes. So we just thank God today that Jesus 
is the healer. See, the, we know in the Bible that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead. But we know that the Bible also tells us he's the same today as he's always been. So Jesus not only was the healer, but he is our healer today. Thank God. But he's not just our healer. He's our savior. The Bible tells us that he died on the cross for us. He rose again from the dead. He took our place. He took the punishment that we deserved so we wouldn't have to take it. This is a free gift, and it is something that all we have to do is receive it. How do you receive it? The Bible tells us, believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. What does it mean to believe with your heart? Just to be sincere from the very core of your being, from the very core of who you are. Just be sincere in it. Confess with your mouth, that's easy. Just say it out loud. Call on Jesus' name. Call on his name. Receive the free gift. I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. And if you've never done this, I want you to do it today. And if you'll just repeat after me. Uh, if it's something that you agree with when I say it and you say, yeah, I believe that, then just agree with me. Pray with me, but don't pray to me. Don't pray to anybody around you. Just pray out from your heart to God and he'll hear you today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again from the dead. I believe that you're alive today. I believe that you did it for me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Be my Lord and Savior. Take my life and make it everything you want it to be. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm accept, I accept you and I'm accepted of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you again for taking the time. And remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be blessed.